1: Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta injury lawyers. Go to jameshbrown.com. All right. Well, the Bruins have tied it up. Four and a half minutes left in the second period. Pasternak is 22nd. DeBrusque is 12th. So 2-2 Bruins and Jets in the second. Also second period. Capitals up 2-1 on the Senators. Islanders leading the Rangers 3-2. Hurricanes up 2-1 on the Penguins. Earlier, Maple Leafs beat the Flyers 4-3. Later, Canucks home to Seattle. Then Vancouver is here tomorrow to play the Oilers. It's here on 630, Chad. 530 for the face-off show game at 7. 830 tonight, Calgary at Los Angeles. And the Wild play the Sharks Thursday night football. 715 left in the first quarter. Jaguars 3, Jets 3. Weather looks kind of terrible there. 780-496-0063, 780-496-0063, our off-topic topic, what is your biggest what-if in sports? Got a message here. I assume this is a, a, a handle, a pseudonym. Somebody uh, on the text line going by the pseudonym frat girl, and I'm going to have to change some of the language here, Kellen, but I think you, you'll know what I mean. <laughs> Saying, what if Tiger Woods kept his driver in his pants? Wow. Well that has us all in the Christmas spirit. Yeah. Merry Christmas, everybody. You're gonna need an extra candy cane when I get home. And a happy new year. <laughs> that is that is uh that is something. for mm-hmm. It's usually more Friday night material, but I guess we'll take it on a Thursday since it's the uh, it, it, last it kind of feels like of a
2: Friday. This entire week kind
1: of felt like a Friday. Well, honestly, maybe for you, true. Kellen. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, it is my last show
2: for 2022 uh, with the Oh, that's sports, good. Yeah, but
1: just abandon us all and go to your palatial <laughs> estate in the Bahamas. Well, have you, Has anybody written in any what-ifs? We I I do. I feel like people might be struggling with this topic, or perhaps they're just struggling with the show in general. What do we have?
2: <laughs> Here we go so we got a couple in at least uh well first we got a warm greeting from tyler who says it's certainly entertaining to listen to read and wanted to pass along a happy holidays merry christmas to everybody so there we go thank you uh we got jc texting in and says what if the Montreal canadians didn't have as good a, a good of goalies as the rest of, the, of their competition boston would have won many more cups that is from jc
1: that's an interesting question. As as high-flying as many of those Canadians' championship teams were, often backstopped by an incredible goaltender, Ken Dryden. Well, and then really, uh, 86 and 93, I mean, even if they just didn't have Patrick Waugh, who was exceptional. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially the 93 team was quite good. I mean, they had over 100 points, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, a bit of a slight underdog. And the 86 team was a big underdog led by Waugh. That's a good question. There we go. John texts in and says,
2: what if Mario Lemieux was healthy? How many points would he have ended well, up with?
1: Well, that's a great question. Yeah, that's a really good one. I'm going to have to ask Rob that tomorrow maybe. But, mm-hmm. he, I mean, he had a 199-point season in which he was hurt a lot of the time. So he, he he, and Gretzky would be the only players with 200 points in the NHL. And, yeah, he missed that, that bunch of games. Yeah, you're right. I mean, could have he... How how many points would he got? I mean, could have he scored what Ovechkin is now scoring up over eight hundred goals? That's a that's a nice what good what if question as well. All right. Yeah, people are getting it. That's fun. It's fun. It is. All right. We will oh, this is gonna be fun. Derek Van deest is on the line from Post Media. Hey Derek, thanks for working after you get back from 40 days away and coming on the show.
0: <laughs> no problem. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> uh when'd you get home? uh a couple nights ago i think uh i was stuck in toronto there for about uh well i would say about 20 hours or something like that i uh i had my flight delayed five times Figured it might have been uh it might have been cancelled eventually but i guess not I was able to get in so i think i got in well, what they would they say thursday so i think i got in tuesday tuesday more tuesday night
1: I okay so what was the whole from from qatar to where to toronto
0: well, it was actually a direct from Qatar to Toronto. That's a 15-hour oh. 15 15-hour 15 flight from Qatar to Toronto. I left at 1.30 in the morning Qatar time, which uh, I'm not even sure what time. that. I, I think it's an eight-hour difference. And then I landed in Toronto at 7 a.m., um, and my flight was supposed to be at noon. So I thought, oh, okay, it's a noon flight. I'll get in at 2. Uh, then it got delayed, and I actually didn't get on a plane till I think around 6.30, 7 o'clock toronto time and i think i ended up rolling in here on 9 p.m so it was a long long travel day but uh, yeah it was, it was one long flight from qatar to toronto on the way there though it was toronto munich cairo qatar so it was uh it was, i did kind of the ladder on the way there and then the one flight on the way back
1: okay well i know we talked just before you left, and we were hoping to talk during the tournament, but we just couldn't connect with Zoom coordinates and a telephone and, and time change and all that kind of stuff. So I'm, I'm glad you're hopping on now. How many, before we dive into the final and some of the big stories, how many matches did you cover in person?
0: Uh, I, I counted. So, so when you go to a World Cup, you, you, get, you have to apply for the matches. Uh, so there's so many journals there, you have to apply for matches. And they give you a media match ticket. So that gives you a seat in the press box. But um, I was counting them up today. I have 25 media match tickets. So I went to 25 games uh, of the 64, so almost uh, not quite half, but 25 games of the 64. Because of course, some were played at the same time. There was they had, in the first round. They had four games in one day, so you could make obviously uh, some of those games. So yeah, 25, which is unheard of when you're covering a World Cup, especially because most times they're in the country, they're in different sites, and you have to fly to different places. But uh, this one, the, all the Basically, stadiums were about 50 kilometers outside of the the, the radius of downtown Doha. So You could literally go to one game in the afternoon, get on a bus, and they would bus you across the city to another game in that evening. So you could do two games in one day. So it was just a, it was an incredible. Uh, Situation where you go to 25 games—that's almost unheard of. If you're covering a huge event like that, to be able to go to that many games.
1: Uh, what were the stadiums like? Because were they were all of them built for the World Cup, or, or most of them? I'm curious about that.
0: Most of them were. There were eight stadiums in total. Uh, I think they renovated two of them, uh, and then they literally built six six from the ground up. Uh, and they were they were amazing. Well, the stadiums were that held the final and the semifinal were amazing. There were 90000 90, seat stadiums. Just fantastic facilities. Uh, then there's other smaller facilities that they built, like 50, 45, 50,000-seat 50, uh, stadiums. Uh, they were really great and had one stadium. They called it uh, Stadium 974, which they built out of uh, shipping containers, like these big, those big shipping containers. And it was a fantastic stadium that they put together uh, and they built, and it was almost like a work of art. And that stadium, basically, they used it. FOR THE ARAB CUP LAST SUMMER, THEY USED IT FOR THE WORLD CUP, AND THEN THEY DISMANTLED IT, AND THEY'RE SENDING THOSE SHIPPING CONTAINERS off to wherever else they're going to use them, uh, and I think they're going to they got to arm uh, make the stadium somewhere else. I think I heard Ecuador was going to get the stadium or something like that. So it was uh, it was just really remarkable how they had the whole thing set up down there. Uh,
1: okay, yeah, I I didn't, and I think th- yeah, I just quickly looked at that while you were – because I knew that there was something about some stadium or stadiums that were going to be taken down, and I think they've already I think they've already done it or they're doing it. It was just like okay. I know pretty
0: much the the day they what so my understanding was I was at that last game there I can't even remember who was playing but I was at the last game and then literally after the game was done they they started tearing that thing down they had the one last concert or fashion show there and then then they started yeah, removing all the shipping containers from the stadium, which is, like I said, it was too bad because it was a good-looking stadium, and it was more of a work of art than a stadium, and uh, it was unfortunate that they decided to take that down, but yeah, that's just the way it was there. They, so they, they're left with, I think, seven stadiums uh, in and around the, 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 the city. So they're going to be hosting a number of different events. I think the Asian Cup this summer, they're going to host and use those stadiums for that.
1: I, I hope you'll indulge me because I think it is part of the story, and I'll take this back to just the pure uh, sports side of it. But, the, you know, there, were, there was a little bit of controversy just about, uh, you know, the culture in Qatar, equality, I think, for a lot of different people. Uh, did you find that there? Were there any uncomfortable moments for you or where you were like oh man that's that's not cool you know what i mean
0: no not at all to be honest with you um i i know what you're what you're saying i, I went down there with not certain what i was going to find and you heard about oh there's not going to be alcohol you have to be careful certain rules and certain people have to can only dress a certain way uh but to be honest with you, everyone that was there they found this metropolis uh, built in the desert, basically. The, the buildings that they had built, I know a lot of them weren't finished yet. They were still kind of the shell of themselves but the buildings that they had built to there were incredible. The stadiums themselves were incredible. And it was like being anywhere else, really. Like, the, the beauty of it was you had this Western culture that they're trying to modernize that part of the area. They're, they're, they're trying to modernize. So you had that Western culture, and you had the old customs, uh, people walking around in the sobes, which is the long robes that they, that they wear there, and the women in the hijabs. And, and you had these, these two kind of cultures just co-mingling with each other. It was fantastic. It was wonderful, and, and there wasn't any any time at all that I feel unsafe or uncomfortable or I felt as, as though there was something wrong here. There wasn't a single time where I felt that, in fact... It was the most safe I've felt in a long, long time walking down the streets of a a major, major city, Um, because there's simply no crime there. There's just a a serious lack of crime there, Um, and uh, the police, there was a lot of police presence, but the police don't carry guns, so it was just, it was an amazing, and when people were down there, and they're talking about the experience, they just, they just uh, talk about how safe they felt in Doha, and I'll give you a stat read. This is a really funny stat that I found out there when I came back. For the first First time in the history of the World Cup, an English fan did not get arrested at the World Cup. Oh, it was the first geez. time in the, history of the World Cup. Oh, so that tells you right there how safe it was, and, and there was no hooliganism, there was no fights, there was no brawls in the streets, there was no, you know, police had to come and, and, and uh, use the tear gas. Where I've been part of before, I've been at tournaments, been at Euro Championships, got caught between the Russians and the English, and they tear gassed everybody. Uh, I've been and I've been in that. I was in Brazil where they had machine guns, people, police with machine guns on every corner, so there was none of that here. And everyone you talked to uh, had a great experience in Qatar, just fans and journalists alike.
1: Well, you, you, you have a uh, late candidate for the obscure stat of the year on Inside Sports <laughs> with the English fans not being arrested. Derek Van Dees from Sports Media back in Edmonton after covering the World Cup. All right, Canada's performance. How do you feel about it now in hindsight?
0: I thought it was great. Uh, to be honest, I thought their, their, their first game of the tournament was fantastic. They turned a lot of heads. They should have got something out of that game. Uh, if not won it, they should have at least got a point. They had a they had a penalty shot that they missed. They had a lot of opportunities that they missed, and I think that just goes from maybe a lack of a lack of experience at that level. You got to make the most of your chances, and you got to you know when you when you when you get a team like Belgium on the ropes, you have to do the you have to kind of. Finish them off, which they didn't do. Uh, Belgium was obviously disappointing. So Canada did well in that game. I think it turned a lot of heads. And a lot of people that came up to us and said, oh, you guys are Canadian journalists. We're, we're really impressed with Canada. Well, the Canada came out and attacked, and they tried to make a good impression. I think uh, they ran out of gas a little bit against Croatia because they had a quick turnaround after that. Emotional loss to, to Belgium, and then I thought they recovered well against Morocco. And then you look at that group that they're in with Belgium and Morocco and 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 uh, Croatia, Croatia and Morocco made it to the semifinal. So obviously they're in a pretty pretty tough group. But I thought they they did well. I thought they they showed themselves well. I thought they played some really good soccer and um i think it's important to to build on that for for the next four years when they when they're going to be co-hosts of the tournament so i think there's a good foundation there to work with and uh i believe john herdman's going to stick around for the next four years and and try and build on that
1: okay i want to fire some quick ones at you uh you don't have to give one word answers but uh, shorter answers besides the final what was the best match you saw in person
0: uh, outside of the final oh, the best match I'm just trying to think of. like I said I saw 25 matches there was some, there was some, uh, the Portugal match the Portugal's first match when I think they, they beat 3-2 I think it was Senegal they beat 3-2 uh, Ronaldo played back and forth that was a that was a really that was a really fun match to watch uh, Argentina's first match against Saudi Arabia the, that was a really good one too because uh, there was. They played in that Lucille Stadium, and the Lucille holds 90,000 people, and about 85. 85- I was going to say about 65,000 were Saudis and the rest were Argenti- Argentines. And the way they were kind of cheering back and forth against each other was fantastic. And then Saudi Arabia going on to win that game, um, that was unbelievable. And you just watched saw how the Saudis celebrated that game. Uh, that was a lot of fun. That one, uh, that one stood out to me as well. And then I think Canada's first game against Belgium was fantastic, just watching them on the field for the first time in, in, in uh, 36 years. Watching them play a World Cup, I think that it got a little emotional as Canadians to watching them out there uh, and they, you know listening to that Canadian national anthem. And there was a there was a pretty good Canadian contingent in the stands to watch that game.
1: What's the best meal you had over there? Um, you
0: know, you know what? I was taken to a really fantastic Indian restaurant. Um, I couldn't remember the Indian restaurant, but I like I like the butter chicken. I always have the butter chicken. I, it's one of my favorite Indian dishes. But the way they prepared it there was unbelievable and just uh we we ended up going two or three times there so uh yeah we had had, uh, some great indian dishes when we were there and and then we also had some some really good local food as well so um yeah there was some really good food really good
1: options there while we were there all right and then the final i mean greatest match of all time one of what was it like being there yeah i was
0: i think that was probably the best final of all time Um, go up there one of the best soccer games of all time just the anxiety in that in that stadium it was unbelievable like just how tense it was in there once once France tied it it was just unbelievable it looked like Argentina was going to roll to an easy victory and then France tied it late and then it went from a real party atmosphere to a real tense atmosphere Real quickly, and I think, and the beauty of it was that both teams were trading chances. Both teams were going back and forth, and both teams had really good chances to win it at the end. And, uh, yeah, you just felt the tension in that stadium. And, And myself, like, I wanted to see Messi win, but I really didn't have a horse in the race. I was there as a journalist to cover the event. Um, but I even felt it. You could just feel it. Everyone's tensed up, and just you know, just being in that uh, in that stadium was it was unbelievable. And I I just haven't felt tension like that in a long, long time. Just from everyone around you.
1: Uh, are you doing hockey tomorrow, or you get some time off here? <laughs> well, I
0: got some time off. I'm heading to the rink tomorrow. Yeah, I'm going to do hockey tomorrow. I'll go back on the back on the order. beat. Uh, the only thing is funny because. The owners, I think the, their start times in Doha were at like 4.30 or 5.30 in the morning. A couple of times I tried to stay up and watch, but it was tough. But the Saturday game, the Saturday afternoon game here, that was a that was a, a, mid, a midnight start time in Doha. So I was able to stay up and watch that game with the Ducks in, in town here. So I tried to keep uh, tabs on the owners as much as I could. Uh, but I'm looking forward to getting back to, to Roger's place and, uh, and checking out the games again.
1: Derek, uh, I really appreciate you coming on. I, I knew this was, uh, I, I, like, I, I know you were honored to be able to go to cover the World Cup, and you did a great job. I really appreciate that you shared your experiences with us.
0: No, oh, I appreciate you having me
1: on. That is Derek Van Deese checking in from Post Media, freshly back from the World Cup in Qatar. What an experience. It's Inside Sports on Chet. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta injury lawyers, the heavy hitters of injury law. Is this the Twisted Sister one? It is. I think I've played this every That's year classic. since I started working here. So. That is absolutely classic. All 780-496-0063, right. your biggest what-if in sports. What do we have, Kellen? Oh, we've got, uh, they run the gambit
2: tonight. So let's start with the serious ones, then we'll get into the funny ones. Uh, This first serious one coming in from our old buddy, Matt McCulvert, who says, Merry Christmas, guys. Uh, He says, what if the tables were turned and it was Cam Ward that got hurt in Game 1 of the 2006 Stanley Cup Finals and not Dwayne Rollison?
1: Oh, who is was their other goalie? God, I can't remember. I can't even remember who their backup was. Yeah, I think was he either. started. Uh, didn't he start the first couple of games of the playoffs? Though, was it then... Martin Gerber? Oh man, this is my memory is is, uh, is failing. Maybe it was. Uh, Carolina that year. Yeah, it was Gerber. It was right. Gerber. Yeah. Okay. Uh, interesting one. I, and Christmas in the culvert. I wonder what that's going to be like.
2: <laughs> that's the next uh, Hallmark that's, that's Channel the next movie. movie. <laughs>
1: Christmas in a culvert starring, what's his name, Matt? Starring Matt in a culvert, yep. yeah. <laughs> that's awesome.
2: <laughs> All right. Uh, we got Big L who texts in and says, what if Pronger didn't leave Edmonton after the 2006 playoffs?
1: That's Oh, that's a very good one. Yeah, that mm-hmm. is a very, very good one. Uh, we got Things didn't go well the next few years for the Oilers.
2: No, it did not. Uh, we got Ryan from Castle Downs texts in and says, what if Doug Waite stayed an oiler for his whole career?
1: Huh, I don't know. I've never thought about that. I've thought about the Pronger one. Mm-hmm. I've never thought about Doug Waite never leaving. I don't know
2: why. The most popular one we've got tonight, too, is um, uh, texted in by a numerous amount of people here. Gator is one of them. He says, what about Eric Lindros if he was healthy?
1: Oh, wow, well, I never thought of that either. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, how many more years could have he dominated? One more Hart Trophies would have he won a championship. Yeah, that's a fair comment for sure.
2: Mm-hmm. And one more for you from Nick in a barn tonight. Uh, what if Diego Maradona touched the ball with his groin instead of his hand? Would it be the gland of God?
1: <laughs> My goodness, I I was not expecting that. That is outstanding. That is Ken Hamworthy. I hope there are more humorous ones. Uh, Jeff Perlman, great writer. Bo Jackson, how do you dive into telling that story? Football star, baseball star. And how many hundreds of people did he interview for the book?